Hey, I'm Dre Silvertooth and I'm a GM. You should absolutely come listen to our podcast because I have the best heroes. They're hunting curses for the Queen of Vire and it's, it's going great. I got five hit points. I have a plan. Is it to write my eulogy? They make really good choices. Oh God, why did I do that? <laughs> it's all according to plan. Textbook success. She did fall 45 feet in full armor, though. Well. Fine. They are bad heroes. I have four very bad heroes on my podcast. But they are hilarious. Come check us out at badheroescast.com or find Bad Heroes wherever you get your podcasts. I haven't been playing my bard correctly, so now I am going to. <laughs> Hold up. You mean trying to summon an electric guitar so that you can use the auxiliary cord was not doing it correctly? Oh no, that was definitely correct. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Eternity Archives, an actual play podcast where we take on the role of archivists, working for an interdimensional library that catalogs and protects the fabric of reality. As archivists, we are tasked with journeying out into the realms, taking on characteristics of people from that reality, and remedying whatever issues may be causing a disturbance in the dimension. Every arc, we will be playing a different RPG, maybe even returning to systems we like later on, but this is a fun way for us as players and you as listeners to explore and learn about different tabletop systems. We'll discuss the rules, create sheets for our characters, and play a short campaign to get a feel for the game. Afterwards, we'll do a bit of discussion. We'll talk about what we liked and didn't like, and what we'd know to do better next time. My name is Babby, and I am playing Riddle de Drakel. They are a tiefling nerd baby. I'm Ziva, and I am playing Linda, the lovable human office lady. And I'm Dorka. I play Zen, the barbarian lizard princess. Let's get down to some actual playing. Are y'all ready? Yeah. Yeah, let's go, boys. This, this is the Eternity Archives. Hey, it's Dennis, editor and GM of Control Group. Let's give it up for our ads. And let's throw in one of our own. And I know what you must be thinking. Dennis, I'm already listening to the episode. Aren't I doing enough? And truly you are. But if you wanted to go the extra step, why not follow us on Twitter? At CTRL Group Pod. There we post a lot of information, character portraits, and little promos to the episode so you can get a cute little sneak peek to get you excited before you listen. You can also go ahead and jump on to the Be Gay Roll Dice Discord server. There we have our own little special place where you can come and talk to us about episodes and episode ideas and systems. Do you have a system you want us to test? Go over to our Patreon. We have a special $5 dev tier where... Once you pledge to that, we'll go ahead to take a look at your system, give you a nice little preview, and then somewhere down the line, we're going to go ahead and give your system a try. And if you don't have a system to test, you can also join our Patreon for as low as a dollar. There, you can go ahead and get access to special tests that we put behind a paywall, because they're probably too stupid to go on the main feed. Also, it's tried and true, but smash that like and subscribe button below. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a review. If you're on Spotify, give us five stars or however many you think is appropriate. Anyway, if you have the spoons to do this, go ahead. We really appreciate the support. We want to thank you nevertheless just for listening to our podcast. Enjoy the episode.
heroes and variables, welcome to our brand new season of Control Group. We are playtesting Brawl by Carl Caleb. This is our series, Teen Titans Academy. I am your narrator, Dennis Ferre, and with me, I've got some players and their heroes. I'm Logan. I'm playing Ben Free. I'm Sarah, and I am playing Winter Gordon Grayson. I'm Nick, and I'm playing Levi D. I'm Marcus, and I'm playing Prince Tandarus of Tamaran. We see the front of our issue. A callback to the old Teen Titans. Our heroes smiling, running to their next adventure. When we turn the page, however, the first panel is wide. This is meta, dude. Yeah, instead of cuts and stuff, we're going to do comic book terminology. Yes. Okay, who's reading? <laughs> the variable. You're reading. You. Me? You. But I'm in it. Readers at home, oh. like you. Okay, tone shift. Uh, it's a funeral. Oh. No! <laughs> ah! I hate those. Damn it. A torrential downpour rains. We see one figure alone, shrouded by an umbrella. The panel repeats again. The solitary figure alone as the rain comes down. Eventually, various titans show up. Dick Grayson, Nightwing, Coriander, Starfire, Garth Logan, Beast Boy, Victor Stone, Cyborg, Rachel Roth, Raven, Bumblebee, Guardian, Aqualad, both Garth and Calderon, <laughs> and a Kid Flash or two. The panel extends a little bit further, and we see a wonderful portrait of Roy William Harper, formerly known as Speedy, Red Arrow, or Arsenal. He had a lot of names, honestly. Eventually, as many people came to the funeral, they pan out slowly. Slowly and slowly again. The last three people remaining are Dick Grayson, Starfire, and this person under the umbrella. We see Dick go up and attempt to touch Starfire's shoulder as condolences. But in the next panel, he pulls away. And then he's gone from frame. Coward. We see, stoically... Starfire turns around, leaving the solitary figure. The umbrella drops to the ground, and we find Leandra fallen to her knees. The panel zooms in, and we can't tell if it's tears or the rain. Like Blade Runner. <laughs> we turn the page, and we see that Leandra is in her room. Leandra is half Tamaranian from the planet of Tamaran, the daughter of Starfire and Roy Harper, Speedy. She speaks into her app, one of the newfangled apps that teens love nowadays, especially teen heroes, Grandma Dewey. Apps. Grandma Dewey is a social health app that helps with your mental health and social awareness. A speech bubble appears. She didn't even, like, cry at the funeral. This is a woman who has been preaching this entire time that her people are entirely based around emotions. And she didn't cry at the funeral. Honestly, I can't even think of the last time she flew. It had to be since Dad. And as we turn the page, we see Leandra continue to talk to Grandma Dewey in one panel. And on an adjacent panel, a split screen, it kind of shows what she's talking about. I always loved my dad, but sometimes he could be too good of a person. We see in an opposite panel an older Roy Harper. Something we don't get to see often in comics. Redheaded, excited, at the supermarket. Nice. Shopping around. Until he hears a noise coming out of the bathroom. Badass metal arm. 
<laughs> this badass metal arm up uh, just has like a tote bag on it, you know? That's like. <laughs> Crushing some cream corn. <laughs> the tote bag says, like, save the whales, and it has like a picture of Beast Boy on it. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky charms, but it's green arrow. <laughs> Roy heads into the bathroom and hears whimpering, struggling. He eventually finds a half open stall. He knocks politely and heads in, to which he can see a young man. No older than most of our characters today, with a some type of elastic wrapped around his arm. Oh no! And a no. needle off to the side of the toilet. Hey, um, I'm sorry to intrude. I just, I just wanted to see if you need any help. The teen kind of screams back at him. You don't understand. And Roy quickly interjects. I understand a lot more than you think you do. No, you don't get it it's the only way to make it all quiet it's just so loud nowadays and the stall begins to rattle a little bit with psionic force oh oh no hey bud just let me help you out the panel then zooms back out of the bathroom so here we see a large screaming speak bubble jut out of the bathroom we see a, she'd be 12 years old at this time. 12-year-old Leandra. Quick math. Rush away down the cereal aisle and towards the bathroom, where we see splayed out in the middle of the bathroom floor this unidentified teen and nothing left but the clothes of Roy Harper. Damn. We didn't know what to do. It cuts back to Leandra. We just assumed he was gone until the interloper... The panel to her side shows Dick Grayson Nightwing. He gave my mother hope. Said that it could be anything. This metahuman teen could have simply sent him through time or to a different dimension, one of the many multiverses. So he held the funeral. For five years. My mother hung on to the words of that interloper, hoping that one day dad would come back. Ugh. Grandma Dewey finally interjects. All right, sugar, but we were originally talking about your disdain for this girl, uh, Kestrel. <laughs> the grandma Dewey sounds like a grandma. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. You can't change you that it, setting. You said it like several times, and I'm like, "What the fuck is a grandma?" <laughs> it's always grandma. <laughs> it's always grandma. The interloper and my mom were intertangled for a long time, and I think after they broke up. Don't get me wrong, I love my dad, but sometimes I feel like she's settled. Oh. And if she's settled, and what the interloper and oracle made, like, shouldn't that be me? Am I just a mistake? <laughs> you're... you're not a mistake, honey. Out of all the atoms that were and was... And all the multiverses that there are, you came to be. And I think that's beautiful. Now, I understand you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. But regardless of anything, I'm glad you're here. Damn. Leandra lets out a few tears before quickly stiffening up as we see the onomatopoeia knock 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 pop up on her door. The door is opened by Starfire, a true Tamaranian, her orange skin, a kind of mirror of Leandra's. Her bright 
orange sunset looking hair, a dark mirror of Leandra, whose hair kind of looks like dusk setting, getting darker as it goes along. Even hotter than she's ever <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Starfire, as depressed as she is, is milfed the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case anybody was uh, was thinking not And then she says, if you needed to imagine it, she is stacked. <laughs> we are a classy podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. We give the people what they want. <laughs> Gotta cut the depression a Grief little. Grief and horniness in equal <laughs> measures. This is my two modes. As Starfire walks in, she sits down next to Leandra. Puts an arm around her and wipes off a tear off her cheek. I'm knowing that today could not have been the easiest for you, but in honor of your father, we started something, and I thought of no better person than to get the first invite. As she reveals from her pocket a little invitation, a letter, as Leander takes it and flips it around, it's sealed with a little yellow wax T on it. We turn the page, and our stage directions set us to New Apocalypse. We see the outline of two worlds that have collided as the Dark Side War has taken its toll. Both New Genesis and Apocalypse are matched together. It looks like a butt, kind of. Uh, <laughs> but both worlds are mashed together. We're actually, we zoom in for another panel. And we're along the border of New Genesis and Apocalypse. We see the stark contrast between the two. New Genesis, the land of the new gods, these interstellar aliens, which make up the canon of godhood in the DC universe. Lush greens, vibrant primary colors for the buildings, and not but a mile away, we see the desolate landscape of Apocalypse. Red fields, ashen grass, flowing with lava. A little, a little like coyote and roadrunner skeleton. This is an Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we see two people standing on the border. One, tall, buff, absolutely jack, stacked once again. It's Big Barda. <laughs> <laughs> I want that to be my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> And standing right next to her, Logan, can you describe Benjamin Free for me? Yeah, Benjamin Free. He's, uh, he's stacked, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just kind of bronze skin, very muscular, short but wavy hair. Where's a, where's a choker around his neck as well? <laughs> yeah, because he's cool. <laughs> and, and, yeah, well... Well, that's not the real reason why. You may find that <laughs> later. Uh, yeah. But yeah. No, that's pretty much how he looks. Wonderful. Both of you are waiting for your dad to arrive. As the time passes up, you sit in your moments of silence. You had just gotten back from a big mission recently, actually. And every once in a while, you'll... Look up to your mother, all seven feet of her. She'll look down at you and smile, very proud of what you've been able to accomplish earlier in the day. Eventually, a boom tube, this portal, summoned by mother boxes, 
which are the favorite technology of New Genesis, New Apocalypse, rips open, and then out with a couple of guards comes your father, uh, formerly Mr. Miracle. Scott Free is now the High Father, taking over the role in the DC universe of essentially God, the keeper of the source wall, which, you know, keeps back unseen evils, is the fabric of reality, and a lot of other comic book bullshit. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Odin if he fucked it, Yeah, Odin if he truly Odin, fucked Odin ain't shit <laughs> Odin ain't shit As you see your dad Who's like, how, how tall would you say Benjamin is? Oh, he's uh, probably like Six, seven, six, eight-ish Something like that Damn. So. Okay, then your your extremely short dad Comes up uh, and hugs you. A true short king That makes a lot of sense like That's hilarious yeah. <laughs> take, take after my mom With that <laughs> You really do <laughs> Oh my boy, what's up As Scott Free Wraps his arms around you Wow Dad, Dad, it's good to see you again. <laughs> uh, mission, mission was yeah. great. Mission was awesome. Mission, as he he looks up to Big Barda, Big Barda smiles. Uh, we conquered a planet today. Nice. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, you said you conquered a planet, Barda? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't too hard. <laughs> I am. Scott looks bewildered, but this is normal. Like, you were mostly raised by your mother because your dad was dealing being God, uh, so he's a little busy. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Barda hasn't been able to break from the way of Granny Goodness, who taught her, you know? You've kind of, even growing up in New G Genesis, you were brought up with those apocalypse principles of surviving, striving, and fighting. Um... <clears throat> Well, I'm proud of you, bud, as he reaches up and taps you on the shoulder as best as he can. Do you mind if I actually talk to your mom super quick over here? Yeah, Dad. Sure, sure go ahead. <laughs> Barda, my love, would you, would you mind? And she grunts as they walk relatively out of earshot. Uh, what would you like to do in this moment, Benjamin? Would you want to you want to eavesdrop in, or do you want to do oh, something else? Oh, hell yeah, I'm gonna eavesdrop in. Let's do that. <laughs> okay, then I would like you to roll plus pluck for me. Will do. I got an eight with that. All right, with an eight. Uh, your parents are, are pretty good about whispering, but you're able to hear bits and pieces there. You know, you, you essentially, your dad's kind of going over it, you know, playing a therapist a little bit to be like, hey, we, we're, we're not in the X-Pits anymore. We don't have to raise our son this way. I get it. I get it. We're all looking for dark side right now. It's a huge thing. That's why I was on Apocalypse today. That's why I'm back. But we don't have to go over it conquer a planet so now new genesis is just in charge of of and he's struggling to think of the word and then you can't hear the planet name as you hear a bit of buzzing um just out of earshot that's kind of distracting to you oh what's that's in the opposite direction oh what's that annoying buzzing 
turn over, look at, look in that direction. You see on the apocalypse border of New Apocalypse, there is a uh, there's a creature standing there. Looks to be a new kind of parademon, but they're kind of hot. What? Get us no. <laughs> they're more kinda hot, you say. <laughs> they're, they're more humanoid, less creepy bug person. Stop, stop recording. Like okay. De- Dennis, come on. We come on. We're doing this. <laughs> more like sexy bug person. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they just kind of shyly wave towards you. No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, kind of look around like and then do like a me motion. <laughs> 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 now my headcanon now is that Benjamin Free is just like Hercules from the Disney animated. <laughs> <laughs> and this parademon looks like Meg, okay? Oh. But it's also oh. a bug. <laughs> it's also a bug. Just put some wings on Meg. Give her a couple hundred more eyes. Oh boy. And we're good. <laughs> uh, the parademon giggles and kind of waves you over to the apocalypse side. Oh. Well, yeah, let's let's mosey over then. I'm a son really of God. Nothing can hell. hurt me. <laughs> Space hound. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have you. I'm gonna have you roll plus cool for me now. Ooh, I as you traverse the border. Very cool. <laughs> I only got an eight though. <laughs> okay, with an eight, as you reach the border in between these two worlds, it takes you a second. To make that big leap over the actual border, you feel this hesitation into you. It was kind of drilled into you very early in age that, um, yeah, you're Jesus Christ uh, of New Genesis, and Apocalypse is hell of some sorts, and Darkseid is the devil. And currently, since the Darkseid War, the devil is missing, and nobody knows where he is. And that's uh, caused a lot of tension everywhere in the universe. But due to the power of this hot bug person, you're able to step over the border, and you make their way to them. Hello there. I couldn't help but see you waving over in my direction. Hi, I'm Ben. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure to meet you. My name is Kizix. <laughs> and they'll they'll throw out their arm very ingenue. Enchante, like whether you take it or kiss it or do whatever with it. Uh, he'll just he'll shake it, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the weird angle because they're palm facing down, and you come at regular shaking angle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they also only have three fingers as a parademon, uh, so these big teenage mutant ninja turtle hands wrap around your fingers. Uh, it's not often we get someone from. New Genesis over on our side. Well, it's not often we get uh, lovely people like yourself over near our side as well. Well, I'm not afraid of you all like the other parademons are. (laughs) What's there to be scared of? Uh, Your mom and dad literally ran their planet into ours as an act of war uh, during the Dark Side War, so they're kind of batshit insane from our point of view. Oh, what? Oh, that doesn't sound right. Uh, that's weird. What do you like? (laughs) (laughs) As as you get through that, Benjamin, you hear your name being called over by where your parents once were. 
Oh, shoot. I gotta... I'm sorry. I gotta, I gotta head back. Um, hey, uh, Kessix, though. Uh, <laughs> bye. <laughs> As he turns around and goes. As you leave, the panel lingers lingers on them. Uh, they kind of wave and do a soft bye as well. You head back over, to which you see uh, your mother pouting a little bit. She's looking off into the middle distance somewhere else. And your dad looks joyous, victorious <laughs> in this little skirmish they had. Hey, uh, bud, I've got, I've got something for you. Uh, we've been, uh, we've been thinking that, uh, maybe this is, you know... A lot for a teenager. So we wanted to give you something that we never had growing up, you know? As we've told you before, the X-Pits were a terrible and lonely place for your mother and I. Uh, We were were tortured extensively, uh, trained to become little soldiers in the name of Apocalypse. Uh, So we wanted to do the opposite of that, and then he hands you a little envelope. Oh! Oh, oh, let's open the envelope. (laughs) (laughs) You open the envelope, and you see that you have been cordially invited to the Roy William Harper Memorial Teen Titans Academy. It's like Hogwarts. Oh, dang. (laughs) Oh, this is, this is cool. Where, where is this academy at? (laughs) Earth? (laughs) Yeah, jump, jump, jump city earth. Earth. It even says, like, like you'd say a town name, Missouri, Jump City, comma, Earth. Earth? You think I could get good stuff done at Earth? I... And then your mother cuts in. We want you to have the ability to be around people your own age. To not have to face the horrors of war like you have kind of had to as a kid. We want you... To have the ability to be a teen while you still can. Oh, okay. Oh, it's gonna be weird though. Like I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the only like new god there or something like that, right? What? Well, what I have in common with all these mortals, though. I don't, I don't know. Maybe your uncle Orion has a kid that we don't know about uh, that might be going to the cat. Oh, I'm not sick. sure. Um. <laughs> There's a there's a, there's a lot of uh, really powerful metahumans down there. So yeah, maybe you'll find you'll find someone ar- um, around that creed, you know? Oh, cool, nice. Uh, you kind of nod as you're looking at your envelope, and then the last panel is you breaking away from that gaze to go and look at the border. You look at the border once again, and K6 is gone. As we turn the page, we're in an air vent. Page directions state that we're in Gotham City, in a Wayne Tech subsidiary area. <laughs> Gotham City, have a few laughs. Sorry. Oh, if it's a Wayne subsidiary <laughs> building, you know the air vents are roomy and spacious. Yep. <laughs> size for New York size, perfectly sized for perfectly sized for one Batman. <laughs> <laughs> But there's someone even tinier in this air vent as you're calling along. Winter, Sarah, if you'll describe Winter for us. Okay, is she in winter mode or is she in Kestrel mode? You'll be in Kestrel mode for Okay, this. so Winter Gordon Grayson, a.k.a. Kestrel, is a petite, 
16-year-old girl. Um, her Kestrel outfit looks very similar to the new 52 Batgirl outfit, but instead of the purples and yellows, it's kind of more muted bronzes and grays. Instead of a little cape, she's got a scarf trailing behind her the ends which look like feathers her sort of kind of like dark red hair is currently pulled back into a high ponytail on top of her head and of course she's got the necessary uh robin style domino mask as she's making her way through the vents and as you skirt through you eventually reach and like the grate that blocks off the air vent you're able to remove the filter and the grate allows you to see access into the room where you see this big penthouse suite. It is the office of someone at this Wayne subsidiary. The very top brass, you think, lives in here. Okay. Winter, like everyone in the Bat family, you do it all for Grandpa's approval. So you're on a mission on your own. Oh, okay. Trying to win your grandfather's love as they do. You are able to survey into the room, and I'd like you to roll plus pluck for me. All right. Hey, that will be an 11. All right, as you use your bat senses to look around the room, you are able to make out your target. Uh, Initially, you thought no one was in this room currently, but as you move the vent a little and you look a little bit further, uh, there seems to be a man just behind this little drink cart when he's making himself a little whiskey on the rocks. And you see this little light-skinned man, kind of short hair, salt and pepperish a little bit, as he seems to be humming along to a song he has in his head as he's, he's mixing his little drink around. Okay. Uh, but, but you've been able to access your target. The owner and CEO of the new hit app right now, Grandma Doom. Ah, don't kill Grandma! Winter, why? <laughs> don't do it. I don't trust her. As you, you see the CEO, Andrew D. Jimma. Okay. Uh, as you have come here as many of the Bat family have, to come and question Andrew about the app, because obviously no one in the Bat family trusts this. Secure servers? It's good for superheroes? Fuck no. It's gotta be a trap. No, no, no. Uh, I was was there when we learned about it. Uncle Tim nearly fell over. Fell over and started muttering about access codes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to very sneakily try to uh... Get out from the vents! <laughs> you sneak out from the vent and you fall a couple pe- feet very stealthily. You're able to, like, kick behind a couple of chairs and there's, like, a mini golf set on that side of the room that you're able to sneak around. Very dark lit room, as everything in Gotham is, you know? Gotham's extremely dark because they want you to see the stars at night, but it's so polluted you still can't. That's not why. <laughs> Rolling power out But as you <laughs> As you creep around the room Andrew is still just making his drink Singing to himself And you see that If you make a quick enough move You would have good access To be able to quickly do anything on his computer 
if you had an idea. Okay, sorry, I'm trying to think of an idea. <laughs> okay. This is the part where Sarah doesn't know anything about tech. <laughs> Sarah, it's comic book tech. You can do whatever, essentially. Yeah, just just stick a thumb drive in something. <laughs> stick your thumb in there. Oh. Reverse the polarity. <laughs> Actual, actually, I will use a uh, thumb drive given to me by Red Robin that will allow me to copy the contents of this computer and transmit it directly to the back computer. Roll plus grit for me as you're going to be skirting danger. All right. Oh, no. I rolled a six. Ooh, lovely, but, but I do have botch. my oops move. Uh, I always gain plus uh-huh. friend glory when you botch rolls, even if that failure had nothing to do with my vulnerabilities. Yeah, so I don't think vertigo or expectation <laughs> expectations might yeah, have played into yeah. this. I still get glory. And... Yeah, you, so you gain an XP or glory as <laughs> here you stick the thumb drive in the computer and Andrew doesn't have like headphones or speakers in the computer so that like Windows you've just inserted a device sound comes on like very loud over the monitor <laughs> and Andrew like spins around from his drink cart and just sees you awkwardly standing there. I will attempt to straighten myself up. I'm a member of the Bat family. I'm gonna join the Birds of Prey one day. I gotta look cool. Gotta look intimidating. <laughs> Did you say that out loud? No, that is all internal. That is all thought bubbles. <laughs> oh, um, excuse me. Uh, why? You're Kestrel, aren't you? Oh, that was Australian. I hate him. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? And you created the Grandma Dewey app. Yeah. Judging by the security of your building, can we really say the same for your servers? <laughs> well, uh, alright, I feel like we started off on the wrong feet. I was just about to say how much of a fan of yours I am. <laughs> Kestrel is confused. <laughs> I, I, I've seen you around. I, I've really enjoyed uh, your work. But I, I can promise you that our server security is... Just the tits. <laughs> I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't say that around a... I assume you're young. I don't... Uh, fuck. <laughs> Sarah is <laughs> laughing. Kestrel is just staring him down. As you hear a ding uh, from your little USB drive that has completed its scan of his computer. I will take it and I will book it the hell out of there. Be lucky I'm not Batman. <laughs> I'm gonna... I, he's already visited. I'm I don't know. I'm cheesing it out of there. You see, it, it you there. see, like this grown man. It looks like he had the chance to talk to a celebrity as like a regular person and completely flubbed it. So he's like still trying to get your attention before you <laughs> try to jump out. How are you trying to get out of here? As fast as humanly possible. <laughs> <laughs> as you look around this room, you find it kind of odd. Because one of the walls is completely glass, facing out to Gotham City. Uh, But as you can tell, the other three walls don't seem to have a door on them. Uh, uh, In her thought bubbles, that's what Dad would do. And we're gonna leave out the window in true Bat Family fashion. Okay, you're gonna have to do a stunt for this I know I will! (laughs) You're trying to look cool... Uh, so roll oh man! <laughs> I have such a penalty to my cool. Cool. 
Was that a two? <laughs> Don't cover your mouth, Sarah. <laughs> I rolled a two. I have a four on the dice, and I have a minus two. Cool. Okay, well, um, I'm going to give you a little bit of trauma here. <laughs> As you run and attempt to, are you doing like, uh, like knees first, head first? How are you trying to jump out of this oh, window? Oh gosh, probably knees first. Yeah, you, you head knees first, you bonk. This is a solid window <laughs> typing. You cannot break through it. Oh gosh. All right. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, as Andrew comes up, Andrew comes up to, like, help you that up. That is the hottest Jesus smoke bomb. <laughs> Please. <laughs> smoke bomb immediately before it can touch And I'm going to scramble back to the vents. <laughs> it is like a, it's like a real experience, you know, like when a bird gets in your house <laughs> and, like, can't get out and keeps on bonking against the windows. Uh-huh. And you're trying to help it out, but the bird doesn't know that. That's exactly how Andrew feels <laughs> right now. That's also how Witcher feels, but from the bird's perspective. As you skirt through, uh, you jump up, you get back into the vents, and you make your exit. You notice on the way out, no security gets called against you or anything. Okay. As you uh, head back, as you're heading back home to your base at the clock tower, um, you get a call uh, from your mom, Barbara Gordon. Hi, Mom. Hey, if you're going to the clock tower, I actually think no one's there right now. Can you can you make a stop at the cave? Yeah. You, you okay, baby bird? I I screwed up the mission. I I got the hard drive, but I got spotted, and I couldn't break out of the window like Dad. Windows can be. Tr- you went on a mission. Yeah. And how how did I not? know about this. You can see she's distracted with something on the phone call, uh, and you hear clacking. Uh, uncle Tim said he was gonna tell you. Honey, we've talked about this before. Your your Uncle Tim doesn't tell us anything. <laughs> we all had to deduce where he was eloping to, just so he could have, so he, just so he could have a wedding. <laughs> Sorry, this is Sarah laughing. It's fine, it's fine. Just come, just come to the Batcave, please. Okay. And as you do, uh, you notice it's much darker than usual. As you head up towards the back computer, you can see there's a nice meeting table. Prior to that, the lights kick on, and a large swath of the Bat family is there. And you hear noise poppers <laughs> and those little, little unruly party things. Winter is just making scared, anxious noises as she's taking her mask off. <laughs> You see your dad, Dick Grayson, is there. Your mom, Babs, uh, Jason Todd, the Red Hood. Winter is very excited to see her Uncle Jason. <laughs> you go up and hug him before you notice who else is there. Steph <gasps> Cast, the other Batgirls, spoiler and orphan. Even your Uncle Tim's there, uh, along with Uncle Damien. So yeah, no. Because uh, no, I don't know if Winter was expecting to see Uncle Jason. I thought he had outlaw stuff. <laughs> he always makes time for you. Oh. You don't know this event is about yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Jason, you're back! <laughs> From a merit of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, kiddo. Um, uh, and, <laughs> like, while you're still hugging him, kind of, like, half turns, so when you stop hugging him, you turn around back into your dad. dad? Uh, your dad, dad called us here. Hey, sweetie! Dick Grayson. I... 
hard drive? And she holds up the little flash drive. He like nods knowingly, but then he turns to Barbara to be like, what the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Did Uncle Tim not tell anyone? Uh, you can see Tim is just kind of giggling over there to by himself. <laughs> that's just that's what us sidekicks do, you know? We just go on missions by ourselves. I don't. We all done it. Why, why is everyone freaking out? They get into a little skirmish. I'm all yelling at each other until Dick is able to break the tension. <laughs> yeah. During that time, Winter would have gone over to Auntie Steph for, for support. <laughs> yeah, she gives you a little half hug as uh, Auntie Cass kind of playfully knocks you on the shoulder. Hey, um, everyone, anyway, we're gathered here because it's a very important time in our one of our sidekicks' lives as you're now, like, on the opposite side of this meeting table. Yeah. Uh, so your dad drops an envelope on the table and slides it over coolly to you. Then as it rests, the panel sits on an envelope with a little wax embossed yellow tea on it. Winter's gonna pull it up and to, and to her parents. I thought I was going to go to Gotham High. Opens envelope. Titan. T- t- Roy Harbor Memorial Teen Titans Academy. Mom? Dad? Is your dad kind of excitedly like, we started a school! You know, in the same vein, you say we bought a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's just, it's tradition. You know? Yeah, you're, you're one of the Bat Family sidekicks. You, you, you become a titan. You lead a team. You know? That's what we do. Lead? As... Dick kind of turns around and goes, we even got a special video for you uh, that might excite you more got about it. Got a cameo? It. <laughs> they got a cameo as the, the <laughs> back computer turns on and we watch a cameo at first. The camera's pointed away at like a very serene ocean uh, shoreline. It's a beach, white sands, blue turquoise water rolling in. Eventually the camera resettles around. And we see in Hawaiian garb both Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle, who are on the middle of their jet-setting worldwide honeymoon tour Huge. right now. I love how all of this is happening and Winter's about to have a panic attack. Hey, little soldier Batman kicks up. I heard that you're about to partake in a very special gauntlet. As you know, all the Robins, all the Batgirls had to get through their gauntlet to earn their place in this family. And I believe in you, Winter. (laughs) As Selena busts further into frame, she's just got like the tiniest bikini. (laughs) She's got like a little straw hat on too. She's like obviously for my type of people. We we believe we believe in you, baby. Uh, She kinda (laughs) falls out of frame. As the rest of the Bat family kind of celebrates, the final panel kind of sits on Winter's anxious ass face. She's doing the little, like, lip wibble. <laughs> the, the the panel kind of, like, parts out, and it almost looks like the Last Supper um, with the Bat family, and then, you know, uh, Winter in the middle is Jesus Christ. A lot of, a lot of imagery going on. Having a house set. We turn the page. We find ourselves in New Mexico, a desolate area in New Mexico. We find a halfway home uh, slash orphanage somewhere down in a rundown part. We find this one room in this establishment as we see a mother giving birth 
She is screaming and crying. We see everything is translated uh, from Spanish. We see a nurse and leader of the halfway house helping her along. Uh, the mother keeps asking, like, when when is the, the priest going to be here? Oh, no. And the nurse is just, like, completely overwhelmed. This is not her job bringing uh, people uh, into the world, so she's freaking the fuck out. Eventually, a knock is heard outside the door. The nurse runs over to it, and we see a traditional priest but then the nurse gives a bit of... She doesn't give purchase to this at first. She's like, you're not the one we were waiting for. As the priest says back in Spanish, like, I'm the one who's going to be here right now. As we go through a couple of panels of the birthing experience, it's rough. It's excruciating and very visceral. As we continue along, we watch the grip of the mother's hand on the nurse's as it gets lighter and lighter and lighter. And the speech bubbles of the anguish and the crying both stop. The next page, it turns to the priest leaving the room as we hear someone else running down the halls as that person gets up to the the priest. There is like a smooth shadow silhouette as we watch this person fucking cold clock the priest no! <laughs> uh, as the priest falls down to the ground. You can't be punching priests. <laughs> That's fucked up. And we see a speech bubble uh, from this unknown person to be like, what the fuck are you doing here? They needed a real priest. Like, someone needed to be- I needed to be here for this birth. As the priest says back to the unknown person, like, I'm sorry, like, there's nothing we could do. We lost them both. As the man picks up the priest, bringing him closer to the candlelight. You don't bloody understand what you've done. <laughs> as we see the wizened face of John Constantine. <gasps> I always love to see John. Pretended to be a priest. You don't bloody understand. The Antichrist is going to be born. Whether the, <laughs> whether the vessel keeps or not. Nice. As we watch the nurse head out of the room. Uh, John drops the priest on the floor. Is there anybody else in this place that, uh, could be open for a vessel? A newborn would be easiest, but someone of low mental resonance or someone just not fully here with us, as the nurse says, well, there's someone down the hall that's been in a coma, <laughs> and then we hear an explosion, no! <laughs> and the the panel breaks out. Ooh. As the fucking orphanage and halfway house fucking obliterated. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, in just a quick uh, quick panel, John Constantine is able to make this square like barrier around himself, the priest and the nurse. Oh, thanks, John. <laughs> <laughs> but we see in full power before us. Nick, if you'll ex- explain Levi D for us. Oh God, uh, I, 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 we're looking at like. <laughs> Like the entity that Levi is, right? Before before he's taken human form? Is that what we're talking about? You have just busted through. You have taken the form, the human form of this sickly teenager who was in a coma. But you are you are currently full power because John was there to make sure that the Antichrist wasn't at full power. But since that birthing went awry, you've been able to us att- attain this a vessel I at love full this. force. The storyline of John Constantine just like walking around. He's like, God, he's like, it's like, ah, oh, fuck. Antichrist is gonna be born today. And he has to, like, I'm assuming he's done this for years. Like, he's just, every now and again, he's gotta, like, <laughs> stop this from happening. Okay, anyway. 
Um, yeah, we'll see, like, the, you know, very, very, like, brooding, like, you mutants-esque <laughs> dark fucking art of a, of a, you know, the teenager in the, in the center there. But around the teenager, in the, in the, amongst the, the rubble of the ruined halfway house and orphanage, in the sky, even, we'll see, like, the, the outlines, the forms of every devil you can imagine. Every, every famous devil. You see the wings of Satan bordered around the back. You'll see what looks like a long octopus tentacle um, from the mythical Leviathan, which is also covered with thousands of eyes blinking at you. And then you'll see a, 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 a hook-like claw, like that of like, an, of, of like a ma- massive insect. And you'll see the, the center of the whole thing is like the, the inside of a beak fringed by feathers that are also covered in hundreds of eyes and scales. <laughs> Just the most uh, obscene, devilish horde you've ever seen. It's all co- coalescing into one living entity that should not exist. Yeah, we. the panel turns back to John Constantine. He just looks more buttered than anything. He's just like, fuck, I didn't want to deal with this today. Yeah, he literally, that's exactly what I was going to say. He lights a cigarette, goes like, all right, come on. As... Nick, we're getting into our first battle. The doom clock has been set to seven. Yeah, seven, seven oh, deadly hell yeah. sins. And the postman comes in and says, Telegram for Antichrist. Oh. They want you for the Titans Academy. <laughs> Wait a minute, Mr. Postman. That's what I said. Um. <laughs> As Constantine goes and reaches, he takes off his trench coat and then reaches into the, one of the pockets of the trench coat and then it lo- works as like a bag of holding so he's just pulling nice. random shit out of it uh, as he's attempting to find a way to encompass all of this power but until then you get your your first move you're technically acting as the villain Hell in yeah. this situation what Nick whatever you'd like to do you've got a full power so all seven of your uh, demonic powers oh, are locked yeah. currently yeah so so we'll see a me- like the first thing that happens is like the eyes of uh, like on each of the appendages of this creature, flick towards Constantine. They're all st- <laughs> looking straight at him <laughs> for the first time. We'll see in the the hideous mass that is Levi. <laughs> see a, a flash of yellow and a flash of blue uh, as the creature races towards Constantine. But but we'll see like the creature is like sort of stutter stepped along the page, so it's, it's like it's slowing time as it progresses forward. Uh, it's like moving at super fast speeds and Constantine's moving very slow. And this now uh, and now as it as it moves closer to Constantine you'll see uh, it sort of grows like dozens of arms <laughs> along this along around the fringe of it and they're all like flexing their fists. <laughs> you uh, uh, this creature flexes their temporal fists around it. And then I'm going to have you roll to get them. So you're going to roll plus rivalry, so you have storyline ties to Constantine, so you're going to be rolling plus one. Oh, Alright. Uh, that is a five. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. You, uh, botch, and I'm going to say you take glory, uh, John Constantine, magic as fuck, uh, which is one of your vulnerabilities, <laughs> as the kind of flexing arms go to quickly stretch out and encompass John Constantine. We see that little box-like safety he had put on the bystanders initially, like, quickly pings off with, like, an orange glow to show that it's still there as John, like, 
for the first time, is now looked up to see, like, what is going on. He's still been, like, trying to pull shit out. And he just kind of gives a little snicker. Uh, this laugh makes, like, it, it ashes his cigarette a little bit. Uh, the nurse screams. Unfortunately, the priest is no longer within the safety uh, cube. So the arms reach around this cube, grab the priest, and we watch him as he just ages in a moment. <laughs> nice! <laughs> from a middle-aged person to, to skeleton. <laughs> into dust immediately as uh, John Constantine goes like got what he fucking deserved (laughs) (laughs) you knew the risks (laughs) as John uh, smiles as he looks like he's found something within his coat Uh, he pulls it out and it's this little obsidian looking gem that's on a necklace Right. And then it'll go back to you, Nick. Alright, I think we'll see is that he has a defense. The creature known as Levi will be a flash of pink as uh, the, the beak and feathers in the center with the, with, the, with the one eye will open the beak and there's a flash of pink and there's like a feminine hand that reaches out, like an astral hand <laughs> that reaches out of the beak and attempts to grab Constantine by the head and attempt to mind control it. <laughs> go ahead and roll... Plus, I'll say pluck for this one. Plus pluck, okay. And then it, as, as it does this, the creature will whisper, Constantine. <laughs> All right, that is an eight. With an eight, you're able to k- take control of an asset. I was using this as a take control roll. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah, you take plus one control as... You place your hand on Constantine's head. You're able to take control of him for a little bit of time. This isn't his first rodeo with things trying to get into his mind, Eldritch Horde-wise. So there's like a brief moment where you're like, fuck it, I got it, I I won. You watch as on the panel we see like a puff of smoke, and then we just see a log wearing a trench coat. Damn it, Naruto did fuck. <laughs> fucking ninjutsu is magic. As he substitutes some jutsu out of there. <laughs> Surprise! Damn it. It's a Naruto game and all along. Nani, he's behind you now. No. In just his rolled up white shirt and loose tie. As he rattles off a incantation in Zulu, he approaches you kind of like. There's a nice, beautiful shot of him falling into the maw that is your eldritch horror surrounded by your demons. See, like, the tentacles rise around him and try to wrap themselves around him with a flash of green. And it looks like you've fully gotten Constantine as he gets in there. And then there's, like, a panel of white. As we go to the next panel, we see both you and Constantine on the floor. Uh, He's breathing heavily as he's been able to put this necklace around you. And we watch as all of these demons fly into as they're sucked into this vortex within this obsidian pendant. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Constantine's just breathing hard. He's like, uh, he like lifts his head. So he's looking upside down towards the nurse. And he says back in Spanish, it's like, that's why you don't get the bloody priest to do shit like this. <laughs> uh, and then can we, can we see uh, Levi sort of like, like eyes open? And uh, yeah, like leans leans back on the page, and like takes in like the like the skyline of New Mexico, the beautiful colors in the sky. <laughs> yeah, and then like looks down at his hands since he's the human, and then above his head, 
pops a little halo. (laughs) 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 And then the final panel is Constantine kind of sitting up as you do, as he turns around and looks at you and he's like, what the fuck are we going to do about you? (laughs) (laughs) And the next page, we're on Tamarin, home planet of Tamaranians. We are in the royal throne room. It's begarbed and wildly ornate. Spectacle in these kind of silvers and reds. As we see upon the throne, Marcus, if you'll describe Tandarus for us. Tandarus is of kind of slim built to where he looks like a tall kid, but he's not. He just has like long legs, maybe. And he is has orange skin with like a I guess a golden tinge and hair that almost moves on its own like fire but it's black it's all black and in comic book coloring fashion the highlights on it are purple somehow even though it's all black but there's like shining edges of purple in it and he has eyes that are almost cat-like and you can't put your finger on why where the whites of the eyes should be is green. Much in the way that Leanders are. Makes sense. So you guys are siblings. <gasps> what? What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we see standing next to you on the throne. Once again, actually stacked <gasps> again. Absolutely milfed out. Commander mm. Blackfire. <laughs> As she, the panel, she it cuts to her looking at you acutely. A quick move of the head as she looks down at you. And there's a couple panels of silence. And then she breaks out in a smile. Like I said, this could be yours one day if you choose to see fit. Um, I'll smile back and say, thank you, Ajara. All right, now, now move. <laughs> Give me my seat back. Of course. <laughs> I'll, like, hop up and move out of... Oh. Off of it. <laughs> You'll I'm hop like, off, kind of and as she sits air. down, she kind of gives you. Uh, she does little grabby hands a little bit. Are you too old to sit on an old Blorknar's lap? <laughs> <laughs> um, it is likely that that is the case, but I do not care, <laughs> and I'll sit on her lap. <laughs> oh, I like him already. <laughs> <laughs> as you sit down, she wraps her arms around you from behind uh, and gives you a tight, tight hug. You know, ever since you came out of the birthing tubes, I have found within me a different set of feelings. It is not so hard for me to fly nowadays, now that you are around. But, Ashara, and I want to do like, <laughs> there's like a blatant, like, exposition for the audience, and like, of like, but Ashara, in order to fly, you must think of joyful thoughts within your mind, thoughts that connect with your heart. Yes, and I used to think of terrorizing my sister and ruling over Tamaran with an iron fist, but in that time, these thoughts have grown much softer. I often think of you, and I begin levitating. <laughs> what, is that? what is she like? She is, and you can see, like, there's a, a silent panel that kind of just shows the little tense tonal shift. She is strong. Probably the strongest Tamaranian, but she is kind and graceful. She plays into any idea of power that you see fit, but uh, sometimes I feel like that power is often quenched by something, belittled by someone. 
Well, I am happy. You took your rightful place as Queen of Tamarin. I do not understand why she chose to be an Earthian. Uh, they go by by Terrans or Earthers, I believe is the correct terminology. Earthers. But something is keeping her down there. Have and she struggles with it a little bit. Would you like to meet her? She has another child. I would like to meet I would like to meet them both. She takes like a hard swallow, but then nods a little bit. Of course we will make that happen as soon as and she gets cut off as a couple of royal tamaraining guards bust through the front door. My leash! We are under attack! Oh no! Yeah, motherfucker, it's a frame tail. <laughs> as an unknown assailant is attacking Tamarin. How many pages is this first issue? This is, this is right. <laughs> it's a big tie. It's a the big first tie. issue is always yeah. like 40 pages. Yeah. And well, then it's, technically, it's technically all of your tie-ins that the, the oh, listener yeah. is reading together. Two hour together. special. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> as commander goes and gets ready to fight the assailant she talks with one of the guards we are falling at the numbers quickly they are a powerful powerful force who 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 are they who is daring to attack tamarin and tandris you're able to hear the words new genesis oh no, oh, no. <laughs> you fucking boss Tell those fools that we are not hiding or abating Darkseid. They won't (laughs) listen, your leech. As Commander looks up at you, Tandris. Tandris, please, please follow me. What if I do like a sick, like I just ram my fists into my belt and then I pull them out and then they're covered in my spherical gauntlets. Yeah, you can do that. Reticles. You pull your reticles out, your fancy tech that you use for your powers. I'd just say it like that. <laughs> that's that's, uh, that's not what I asked. I asked if you would come with me. I didn't ask you to... You're not... Okay, first off, you're not fighting right now. I do not think that is likely. <laughs> we'll have to give some democracy. <clears throat> and if that should fail, there are several very likely scenarios that I see happening. Commander looks at you with respect. And she nods at the guards, and the guards are like, um, alright. As they open the doors out of the throne room, eventually you're able to come upon a large, grand area within the kingdom. A wide open space. And you see an absolute Tamaranian fucking massacre. New Genesis, with a couple of New Genesis gods, Big Barda, and Benjamin Free. No! At the helm. No! Murking the high Tamaranian guard. What do I remember of Benjamin Free? <laughs> uh, this is the, the first time seeing him, and you get like a quick glance at him, you know, just doming someone uh, with a new Genesis fight stick. And uh, as that happens, Commander, your surrogate mother, kind of realizes the severity of everything going on. And as you go in to fight in this little suicidal mission, she immediately grabs your hands uh, and begins flying off somewhere down the hallway. No, what? We must move toward the battle. What is happening? This, it is not your time to face war like this. You, we're going to get you somewhere safe. That is unacceptable. And I'm trying to, I'll take my hands out. (laughs) Try to fly off. (laughs) You try to fly out. I'm going to have you roll plus pluck for me. Yes. Get plucked! It was not good, but it was cocked. 
I keep dropping the dice. Where did it go? The suspense. It builds. Then a slide. Nine. All right. With a nine, and be honest with me, how good is Tandarus at flying? Not very good, especially when he is upset. (laughs) (laughs) So you are able to break free, I give you that. Uh, But you're not able to fly in time by the time you hit the ground. So you do a roll because you are going at a fast speed as Blackfire was trying to get you out of there. You hit the ground into a roll, and then... uh, Luckily, Blackfire is deft enough to come up and grab you out of the roll, and now she's got you in, like, a half Nelson. (laughs) As she's flying with you, she's like, I understand your nationalism is very brave right now, but should Tamaran fall today, someone needs to live. As eventually she takes you into a side room uh, where we find a boom tube teleporter. That she's, like, trying to shove you in it and type in coordinates at the same time as you're trying to resist. Ashari, we cannot just leave. What about our people? I will defend our people. When you are king, then it will be your responsibility to protect our people. I am putting in the coordinates of the last place I knew where your mother was at. Go to Earth, live your life, become strong, and when you come back, then you could defend Tamaran. And she kisses ya. Oh no, you're like Moses. <laughs> <laughs> and she kisses you uh, on the forehead and then the lips, because that's how Tamaranians learn languages. So she gave you English. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so, I think as I'm like trying to take this in and, and trying to figure out what to say next, it's like... <sighs> <laughs> Absolutely kissed. As you uh, hear the whirring of the boom tomb pop up, you see... A faint glimpse as the door opens up and you get one last panel of Benjamin Free. He's just having a good old time. <laughs> He's just having a good He's old literally time. Hanging out yeah. With mom. yeah, it's just <laughs> just like mud and, Yeah, just having it's a just, great time with your mom. It's just mommy it's just mommy and me war crimes. Oh no. <laughs> not, that bad. not TM. No TM. <laughs> TM. As we Head to Earth. You scrounge around. You're in Jump City, an analog for San Francisco in the DC world. You are along the Bay Line, and over the bay, you see somewhere in the middle of the water an island where there's a giant structure in the shape of a T. In my city. <laughs> I imagine that's playing. I don't know. As you take a ferry over, you see a lot of excited metahuman kids flying around displaying their powers. Eventually, you make it to the island and you see a makeshift stage set up before the tower. And you see just like D list, C list. Um, even up to like B-list superheroes sitting around in the crowd, it's like my hero, eventually hell yeah. <laughs> you get like roped around due to your like looking like a kid by a bunch of people that they're like leading you backstage, and eventually you meet up with the stage manager. She's frazzled. She's tiny. It's Lucy, the stage manager from Lake Mary. <laughs> Oh what? shit! <laughs> Wait, Lake Mary is the, the DC Wait, universe. Lake Mary's of DC. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
No, they just don't pay her enough, so she has to universe shift. <laughs> Man, Flagstaff don't give a shit. Right. <laughs> um, she's like, okay, uh, thank God you're here. Uh, someone quit, so we need someone to thank fill in for a team. Uh, just here, takes. <laughs> she she takes a little index card and puts it in your face and like gives you a pen. Just write how to pronounce your name. We'll just quickly add you to a team. Um, we just gotta get this going and get it done quick. We're just gonna you just go out there. They, after they say your name, you show off your powers a little bit. Um. And that's it, really. And then you're introduced with your team. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Yeah, yes, it sounds quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, as she turns to you, Benjamin Free. I was I was talking to this one here, as she looks back at Tandarus. <laughs> Tandarus is here? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> as the original five Teen Titans from the TV show. Uh, make their way for stage in a panel. You can see that uh, things are a little tense between all of them. But Dick gives a speech, essentially everything we've gone over, you know. Roy uh, disappeared. Uh, they decided that every metahuman teen needed a place where they can grow their powers in a safe space. So they started the Teen Titans Academy. You are all the inaugural class. And you guys are excited to get announced as a team that has been put together. So they start with, they put you in squads. And you guys are expecting to go first. Some of you, oh, I yeah. feel like Benjamin, maybe even Levi. <laughs> as they announce Alpha Squad, none of your names get called. Oh, <laughs> damn. Alpha Squad, absolute A-listers in tier. We've got Slate Stone, the child of Cyborg and Terra. We've oh. got... We got Gigawatts, the child of Static and Thunder. We've got Zillion Constantine, the child of John Constantine and Zatanna. <gasps> what? We've got The Crow, the child of Beast Boy and Raven. The Crow? All right. The Crow. <laughs> and heading out the team, and the crowd absolutely pops at this announcement. Simon Grundy, what? the leader of Alpha Squad. Holy shit! <laughs> As we see Solomon Grundy and his small ginger wife <laughs> in the crowd, whooping for Simon Grundy. We see this like tall, blocky, chalk white teen come up. Damn! Why didn't I come up with that idea? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely giga chatted. That's fun. I like that. Eventually, they go through a lot of <laughs> Greek letters, <laughs> beta, uh, lambda. And eventually they get to Sigma, to which you guys start being called. Nice. It starts off with Leandra being called as the Emerald Archer. She shows up on the stage and displays her powers a little bit. She takes two fingers and through the air makes a little half circle, an arch. And we watch as the green flames that you would typically see come from Tamaranians sit in the middle of the air. She then grabs this arch-like flame and draws it back into a bow, to which we see an emerald arrow form, and she fires it off into various targets that have been placed around the audience. Fucking showboat, Jesus Christ. Calm down. Super far <laughs> away on the other side of the island, the panel zooms in, and you see on that super far away one, there's also a photo of Dick Grayson. <laughs> uh, she nails him right between the eyes. Uh, nice! <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, Benjamin Free, you get called onto the stage as a part of this team. Uh, what do you do to show off? I I stand there, uh, arms outstretched. 
<laughs> as these giant guns pop up out of nowhere and begin pelting you, uh, and like dust is created from all of the debris, and when the dust settles, you're perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Levi, you get called to the stage. Uh, Levi just calmly walks forward, almost as if stoned, just just a complete robotic walk. Uh, walks straight to Benjamin, and like like he comes up to like his navel. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, looks up into Benjamin's eyes. And, like, right before he says anything, everyone on stage feels dread. Like, pure, like, animalistic, like, fight or flight. Like, fear. (laughs) And he looks at Benjamin and he says, It's a pleasure to meet you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Did you have a show off? (laughs) No. And then he just stands right next to him. (laughs) As as Nightwing goes, Okay, next up... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then, Kestrel, you get announced to the okay. stage. Okay. Oh, gosh, how will I show up? Okay. So, uh, at first, it seems like she kind of does the usual Robin staff twirling, uh, breaks it into the kind of Nightwing-style batons, but then uh, she kind of whips it around. Uh, you, there's, like, this little, like, light thing that connects the batons into nunchucks. Mm-hmm. And she kind of shows off her acrobatic abilities and... Ex- and impeccable timing. Some oohs and ahs out of the crowd. As finally, Dick Grayson reads off the card and he stutters a little bit. Oh no! <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> they didn't consult Dick at all? <laughs> Prince Tandarus of Tamaran. And we see a panel of Dick Grayson looking at Starfire, both of them shocked. As you come out onto the stage, Tan. And I fly out and do like a spin, and my the energy that's coming off of me is like black fire coming from my hair. And as I spin around, the targets are like appearing around me, and I'm hitting all of them with both of my. So I have these huge spherical reticles on my hands that are basically like Mega Man cannons nice. at each of my fists. And I'm just shoot, as I'm spinning, just shooting in different directions, hitting each target as I fly through with black energy. And everyone is generally wowed by what you do, but there are a few people on stage whose jaws have hit the fucking floor just by you existing, as Leandra, Dick Grayson, and Starfire all look at you in awe, and then their faces, like, shift wildly. You see the guilt on Dick Grayson's face, you see the happiness on Starfire's face, and then you see the pure hatred on Leandra, your sister's face. Damn! <laughs> and that's the end of our issue for today. Thank you for listening to our playtest of Brawl by Carl Caleb. This was Teen Titans Academy. Shit's gonna get spicy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go to sleep, true believers. Bye, everybody. Excelsior! Wrong universe! Can I just interject real quick? So in real life, yeah. I had to get go to the doctor, um, and I just like tried for like a week, but it was like the week of Christmas. I couldn't fucking go to the doctor, so I went to a pharmacy and I was like, "I need somebody to prescribe me antibiotics." And they were like, "Listen, the only way that's gonna happen right now is if you download an app and like talk to a doctor on the doctor app. They can they can prescribe you antibiotics." I was like, "This is dystopian. I hate this." Okay, <laughs> continue. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.